Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Keeping Up with Mrs. Kelly. In the season finale, Mrs. Kelly reminds us that being gritty does not make us invincible. To help illustrate this, she shares a story of her own personal struggle, doubt, and anxiety as she opened IES Lena three years ago. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping Up with Mrs. Kelly. Today, it's just me, Mrs. Kelly, and that's because I feel like I really need to be honest with you about grit. It's the last episode of our season on this topic, and I think after reflecting a little bit that I've unintentionally painted a picture of grit that it's tough and it's strong and it's a bit invincible, like nothing can hurt you if you've got grit. But that's completely untrue. And if I perpetuate that picture to you, I might miss out on the chance to help you with something that I've really struggled with. And that's accepting my own mistakes and limitations. And that has been something that has really affected me many times in small ways over the course of my life. But it almost really hurt me in a big way three years ago, when many of you were meeting me, a smiling, seemingly happy version of me for the first time. And here's my story. So a lot of you know this about me, but I lived in Sweden for six years, and then my husband, my son, and I moved back to the States for two and a half years. And we had intended to stay there because we're both American, our families are from there, and it just seemed like the logical thing to do. But there was always this nagging in me that really missed Sweden. For some reason, I don't know why I'm looking out at a very gray and snowy Sweden, but I missed the country. I missed the people and I missed IES. I love this school organization. So we wanted to come back and I got the chance with Lenna. And I remember looking at it on Google Maps. And at the time, it was just trees on Google Maps. And I fell in love. And I thought this is going to be amazing. So we sold our house. We sold both of our cars. We sold all of our furniture. I sold my beloved treadmill. We sold everything. And the very few things that we didn't sell, we packed up into suitcases and we boarded a plane with our now two little boys and we moved back to Sweden. And now everyone thought that we were crazy. Everyone thought this was a terrible idea because, as I said, we're not Swedish. Our entire families are living in Minnesota in the United States. This is where we are supposed to be. So everyone is a little bit mad at us at this point. And for me, it's an exciting adventure. And I get to Lena and I see a hole in the ground. And it's a little bit stressful to leave your entire life behind and almost everyone you know for a hole in the ground. And it was, it just, all of the things became extremely, extremely overwhelming, to be honest. And I didn't recognize it at the time because I was in it. And I think that anyone who's been in a stressful situation doesn't know how bad it is until they're out, that they've completed that phase of their life. But it was... It was really hard. We were living at the time in a one-bedroom apartment with, with two small kids, neither of which had started school or preschool yet. 
So they were at home in this small apartment. My husband didn't have a job immediately, so he was in an apartment every day, all day with two small kids in a foreign country. And I was trying to to start a school from a hole in the ground. And it was a challenge and it was exciting to me, but it was overwhelming. It was so challenging to start with nothing. And I think even more challenging than that was to have no one with me. So a lot of people don't know this unless they've been with us from the very start. But I didn't have anyone working with me until the end of June, which meant I was on my own from January until the end of June trying to do everything. And my husband was also trying to help out. So he was doing some administrative tasks from our tiny apartment with our children running around. I was trying to make this hole in the ground into something great and it was too much. And I remember every day waking up at five o'clock, no alarm, just bolting upright in bed with my heart pounding. And I felt like this heaviness on me all the time. And I knew how much there was to do. And I knew how many people were counting on me. The teachers that I had hired who would be moving from Canada or the United States, they were counting on me because they had they had just accepted a job in a place. They needed this school to be here and ready for them. You parents who signed up for this school and started with us at the very beginning, you had expectations, and rightly so. You were taking your kids out of a school that was stable and established and secure and putting your faith in me and this hole in the ground and all of these things knowing that I had hundreds and hundreds of people who were counting on me was a really heavy thing to carry and and I remember not feeling very well as I said waking up with a jolt feeling this heaviness on me feeling this pressure on my chest um, but I kept I kept pushing it down. And I'm sure at this point you're thinking, why did you not ask for help? Because this is what any person who's in a stressful situation should do. And of course, there should be people around to help. But I felt so ashamed of how I wasn't doing well enough. And that I... I wasn't doing well enough, so that was embarrassing because I'm I'm very perfectionistic and I want to do well all the time. But I was also ashamed because I had chosen this for myself and it was embarrassing, humiliating even, to admit that it was hard and I didn't like it. How am I supposed to say that to to my family that I've just abandoned and said... I'm moving to a different country even though you don't like this idea to then say to them, please help me emotionally, I'm struggling. I felt like I I cannot, I was the one who made this choice. I made them upset about it. I can't, I can't go to them for support. My kids at the time were four and one, obviously also not providing a lot of emotional or mental support. My husband, it felt really awful to complain to him about my job when he didn't have one, and when our job was the reason that we were here in the first place, 
And so I didn't say anything. And I just kept pushing these feelings down and pushing myself to work harder and work more. And I'm proud of the work that I achieved, but I'm not proud of how I took care of myself and how I didn't take the time to recognize that the feelings that I was experiencing were warning signs that I was not doing well. And at the beginning of June of that year, it was the Stockholm Marathon, and I had been training for months. This would be my, I think it was my 12th marathon. And so I, I know what I'm getting into. I know the the realities of the actual race. I know the realities of training for a marathon. I understand all of those things. Everything is fine on paper. Um, but then it got to be the week of the race, and both of my sons were a little bit sick with fevers. And I also wasn't feeling well myself. But as with all of the other things I mentioned in the story, I kind of ignored my own feelings and decided, you know, I've trained for this. I've done a marathon before. What's a little fever? If if that's even what I'm feeling. So I went to the starting line that day and it was, it was one of the hottest days in, in history in Sweden. It was like 35 degrees at the start there was no breeze, there were no clouds, and I had a fever and and had not been taking care of myself for the past five months. So I got to the 10 kilometer mark and I remember feeling like I usually do in a marathon at about kilometer 30 or 35. And I thought, I am, I am in trouble. And I kept pushing myself because it's my 12th marathon. I've done this before. Shempapua. So I kept running and... And I finished with a horrendous time. I was very embarrassed of my time as well. Thought that I should have done better in spite of me having one of the most challenging springs of my life and having a fever and running on an extremely hot day. I was mad at myself for not doing better. And after the race, I I didn't feel physically great. So all this time I've, I've felt okay other than you know like waking up with these jolts of of my heart racing but other than that I feel like I I feel like I'm okay physically after this marathon I my heart is like my chest is not okay and I am extremely worried I think it's like a week later so I go to Vortzentralen and I'm super concerned that I've messed up my heart that it's I have chest pains and I have never had chest pains in my life I'm I'm very concerned that I've messed something up. Something is wrong, so I go to Vortzentralen. And I remember lying there and having all of these electrodes stuck to my chest and and all of these tests being taken and all these questions being asked. And at the end of the visit, they said, your heart is fine. Here's a prescription for some anti-anxiety meds. It's hard for me to even say that. And I remember thinking... <laughs> This is not no. Like do you do you know who I am? I'm I'm Julie Kelly. I don't get anxiety. I'm fine. I just push myself too hard in a marathon. And I thought, all right, like I'll I'll pick up my prescription. I'll I'll do what the doctor says, but I didn't tell anybody that this is what they had told me. Because again, I was ashamed. Like why can't I handle this better? Why am I struggling here? And it took me a while to start feeling better again. And that happened by me having other people around me 
it wasn't about sharing my experiences and being able to vent to them. It was just having part of the the burden taken off me. And that was, it made such a difference. I still remember the first day that the first employee started and that was Miss U.S., and I was so over the moon happy to see her and to have someone to work with that I like attacked her with a hug. And it was the first time I'd ever met her before. And I remember feeling a little bit better. And every time another staff member joined the school and started working here with me in this still construction site, I felt a little bit of that burden being lifted. And finally, on the, it was the very first day of our staff. We had this wonderful breakfast that I had bought from Ika and I was running around trying to prepare everything. I got a phone call from a colleague who called about something completely different and he asked, how are you doing with everything? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm fine. And he said, it's really tough, isn't it? And in that moment, it was one of the most wonderful things that anyone could have said to me. And I just, I remember feeling like this huge relief, this weight lifted off me that it's, it's not me. Like, I'm okay. It's a stressful situation, but I, I haven't been doing it wrong. Like, it's okay for me to not feel okay right now. And that was an incredible feeling. And the reason that I'm telling you this story, this very, very personal story is that I never want people to feel the way that I felt to feel that there is shame in not feeling okay that we should hide when we're struggling because of what other people might think that we should try to do everything on our own because it might burden somebody else I know I could have reached out to so many people but I didn't because of that I didn't I was ashamed and I didn't want to be a burden and I just wonder what would have happened if I hadn't had that phone call I'm sure I would be okay I'm sure that eventually over time I would have you know settled into the routines of having a school and it's far from a hole in the ground anymore. It's a beautiful building with so many competent staff and incredible students and supportive parents. I think I would have gotten there, but it would have taken me a lot longer if I hadn't had that phone call. And I've told this person how much that phone call meant to me many times. But also, I want you to know that grit is not about never feeling pain. Grit is not about never being sad or never feeling defeated or never being vulnerable. And grit isn't this invincibility that you get that you're not going to have these tough feelings because they they will come. And I know that they will come again. They have in some way during this pandemic, which has been extremely, extremely difficult. Now, this week, it has been one year, exactly one year that we've been dealing with it. And it's been such a challenge and I think the understanding that it's okay to to not feel great all the time 
And it's okay to have these feelings of, of being overwhelmed and being stressed and being anxious and being unsure and feeling like not enough. Those are okay feelings to have. And it's, it's not just okay to feel them. It's we need to acknowledge them and to say like, this is, this is hard for me. This is how I'm feeling and these are valid feelings. But also what that experience three years ago taught me was that I'll be okay. That experience did not in any way prepare me for a pandemic because starting a school from nothing is very different than dealing with a deadly global virus for 12 months. Completely different. I don't know if there's any skills that I developed in my first experience that have helped me in the second, but just that knowledge of I will be okay that I can have these feelings and it's okay to have these feelings and that I need to reach out to other people. That other people are here to support me and to help me and to understand. And that has been the most wonderful gift that's come out of that really horrendous time for me. That even though this pandemic has been extremely challenging and I've been very unprepared for how to how to handle it and how to keep handling it month after month after month after month. It's allowed me to be able to be okay with it. So grit, don't see it as some superhero quality that helps you not have to feel pain ever again. And then if you feel pain or sadness that you're not gritty enough, that's not the case. Grit is just that wonderful thing in the back of your mind that tells you that it's going to be okay and that there are solutions and there are people to help you. Thank you so much, Ayas Lenna and our listeners everywhere for allowing me and our guests to speak really candidly and really openly and from the heart about some of these very tough issues because hopefully when we do that, when we are vulnerable and when we open ourselves up, hopefully that allows someone out there who maybe is struggling with these same thoughts to feel like I felt like on that phone call where it's not just me. Someone else understands I am not alone. Remember that, please. You're not alone in this, that we're all working We're all working with our own challenges in our own ways and that we need to stay kind and understand that everyone is fighting their own battle. We just can't always see it. Stay gritty, but also stay real. Ayas Lena. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a comment, and share the show. Don't be afraid to get gritty.